I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, August 7, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Can you say large swings in both directions? Today, the SPY finished basically flat. The S&P cash index was up two points. However, the low of the day on the SPY was five, six dollars lower than where we finished the day. Large swings in both directions. This is an over by a long shot. This is a trader's paradise. We're going to go over some trades later in the video. But what I want to do right now is focus on the big picture and then we'll chop it down to the smaller time frames and what to expect in the coming trading sessions just the next couple of days. So let's dissect the market from a big picture. The first thing I want you to do is envision the fact that this gap isn't there and this is just a big breakdown candle. Why are we doing that? Because I want you to see it both ways. I want you to see the market with and without the gap. So first, we'll take a look at it like this, and we would say, so far, it looks like we have a bear flag in development. We started talking about this last night. Today, they tested the lows. They had a pretty good rocket ride away from the lows. That gets everybody somewhat bullish. There's likely higher prices. What I drew here is a idealized bear flag pattern. Can price go higher? Absolutely. We're going to take that away. And now we're going to talk about the reality of what the expectations really are. Over the next couple of trading sessions, what's likely to happen is one of two things. We're going to do this again because the one thing is we basically just stay inside somewhat of this channel and then ultimately breakdown. That's option number one. Option number two is that the market actually has more of a rally. We cover some more shorts. We go up, fill the gap, maybe even slightly higher. But that general area is where the market should find a pretty good assemblance of overhead resistance. How were we originally gauging whether or not the market had significantly more upside sooner than later? We were using Monday's opening range high, and we can just use the actual high, 288.21. It's close enough to whatever number we want to use in that general area of 288. And you can see the market actually tried to get up there and through it yesterday, tried it again today, was not able to do it. What happens when the market has a difficult time, and I'm going to use the term burrowing through a certain area? If a market or a chart or a stock can't get through a specific price zone during regular market hours, it has a tendency to jump over it or jump below it in the case of something down below a support area. So in this case, above, we have a resistance point. If the market wants to get over that resistance point and it can't do it during the trading day, we can gap above it first thing in the morning we can get a gap and go. Yesterday, we started talking about what to watch out for in the futures. 
They did get wild overnight, and they were never able to get above the area that we sighted. Still yet even today, only to peek their head above it, not closing hourly or better above that area. So let's assume, for the sake of argument, they get above that area. Whether they gap above it, or they trade above it during the day, let's assume they get above that area. What you'll hear is, we had a successful test of the low, they're trading away from the low, that was a good low, the market was overextended, it was oversold, way too far too fast, everything's fine, buy the market, buy the dips, we're going to new highs. You'll soon hear that as we approach the 50-period moving average. You may even hear that before we get to the 50-period moving average. Remember, it's in everybody's best interest who's on television to be bullish the market. You always have a rogue bear here and there, but for the most part, the job of the television show is to be bullish. If it's bearish, nobody wants to watch. Nobody really wants to see the negative news. We turn it off. If they're bullish and they get everybody excited and excited about the market, excited about the prospects of the future, they tune into the television show and guess what? They sell more advertising. So it's in everybody's best interest to be bullish. So they want nothing more than the market to go higher. That's fine, but when they do that, what they're going to do is get everybody excited, suck in everybody to the upside, and that's when they'll likely hit the market again. Why is that? Because they have not achieved the downside objective that I have set for at least a minimum downside objective, which in this case is around that 275 area. There's a gap there. Everybody's looking for that. We talked about it last night. Maybe they come up short. Maybe they blow right through it. Either way, they're going to hit 275 or more. So in the end, what are we going to call this? We're going to call this a garden variety retracement from the recent high to the recent low. Once we retrace to the point in which the market runs out of steam, let's just call it for argument's sake today, 292, 293, it's likely to get hit again. Let's take a look at the futures chart real quick. This is the continuous contract. We can look at that or we can look at the front month or current trading contract, which is September. They look the same. And here's the point. Now you see the reason why I wanted to take away the gap just for visual purposes for a moment. The futures chart doesn't have that gap, but what it does have is a huge breakdown candle. What do markets like to do? They like to run up and test the highs of the breakdown candles. What's the high of this candle? Right around that 2930 area. How does that translate to the SPY chart? Right around the 50 period moving average, give or take. It makes sense. Could they go higher? Yes, they could. But this is my target right now if the market should continue to rise. Do they have to get there? Of course they don't have to get there. This is my objective as I'm looking at the chart, understanding today's market activity. This is what I see here and now. What I also see, and remember, we always want to see what the first thing that visually jumps out at us from the chart. What I see on the futures chart is a retracement of yesterday's low. Today was a retracement of yesterday's low and we took off to the upside. Yesterday's candle is a reversal candle. 
today we retested or went down about halfway home. That's a tiny smidgen, but that's the type of thing that's found in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Does anybody think it's an accident or a coincidence that we found low in today's candle above Monday's low? It's not an accident or a coincidence, nor did you know that was going to happen in real time. However, when you look at the big picture, you say, just so happens that Monday's low is about a halfway home retracement of yesterday's reversal candle. It's not like that type of thing is a hard and fast rule or anything, but remember, we use common sense market analysis. Were they going to blow right through Monday's low without a fight from the bulls? Unlikely. How do you know that? You don't know that, but that's found in the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, the bulls are going to put up a fight on a low like that. And if they lose the fight, where's the next low? Yesterday's low. That's just the way things work. What do we see when we chop it down to a 60-minute chart? Well, this is today's first hour of the day. The market puts in a low. This is right out of the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Puts in a low. It's a higher low. Puts in a sign and signal of a trend change. The rest is right there for your viewing pleasure. Nobody will believe this, but I was having a discussion with somebody around midday. It was one of those discussions that was, what do you think's going to happen from here? My answer was, Looks like the market's trying to put in a higher low. Now, how do I remedy the situation that nobody believes that that conversation actually took place? Well, we go over to Inside the Numbers, and we'll skip right to the 10.55 a.m. update. Obviously, the rodeo continues. They spike down, snap back, yada, yada. So where are the bogeys from here? On the north side, ES2875, give or take, is the next logical area of overhead resistance. Getting above and closing hourly above is very bullish. After that, it's the opening range high from yesterday. Same routine, same place as yesterday. Sometimes the numbers change, and sometimes they don't. As long as the ES can stay above 28.55 on hourly closes, they're good for the day. Remember that number from this morning. There was mention of that number in the pre-market morning notes we're not going to get into that. It's not important. Closing hourly above 28.64 is also a step in the right direction for the bulls. Closing back below 28.55 would hand the bulls back to the bears. So I'm providing the best schematic I can throughout the trading day. I mentioned a Disney trade. Why don't we go down to check out stocks on the move? So we did have seven opportunities on the board this morning. You'll notice the column second from the right entry hit. If it says yes, that means the target was hit. We're in the trade for any trader that wants to participate. Open means it never hit our target. Therefore, it's a no trade. We only take a trade at our price, not somebody else's price. And if it says jump target, I'll explain that one when we get to the chart of NEWR. Since we're on the topic, we'll run through the charts of the trades that triggered today. The first one we'll look at is Dropbox. Wasn't a great trade. Was a good trade. Was a winning trade if you took the profit. If you just hung out all day, it was a little bit of a dud. It is what it is. No harm, no foul. But it was a profitable trade. It just didn't do anything. That happens. But the takeaway is the number. Why is it that the 
stock in this case dbx centered around 2070 is that number important to this stock yes it is how about that disney trade disney was getting a haircut at the open mickey got locked out of the mouse house closed yesterday up about 142 the number on the board this morning the one and only entry target was 132.45 low of day 132.26 the rest is history those are great trades all you had to do was be there here's the one that said jump target n-e-w-r now here's what that means the first target on the board was 61.87 but the stock opened below that target so we go to the second target 59.30 what happened let's get a better snapshot it's magnified on a five minute chart so here's the first candle of the day comes in makes a low of 59.03 just 27 cents below the target and immediately takes off like a rocket to the upside just minutes later it's already at 63 dollars and three cents that's absolutely nuts and anybody who's trading is obviously taking profits when they're up over three dollars in a matter of minutes especially when it's a name you don't know i mean who is new relic inc who knows all you want to do is get paid and move on and there's the home run don't get me wrong disney was a pretty good hit too but planet fitness closed above 77 getting its haircut at the open 67.17 the number on the board at least 30 minutes before the opening bell here's the low of the day happens to be 66.24 and look at that rip roaring rocket ride higher and here we are 10.50 in the morning $75.18 that's redonkulous whether it's a stock or a market it doesn't make any difference what it is the chart is headed for a destination price is headed for a destination you see this over and over and over again once it gets to the destination what does it do it turns around and goes back in the other direction sometimes we have the wrong destination that's called being wrong sometimes it doesn't turn right around it gets stuck in the mud dbx got stuck in the mud but it was still the destination let's get back in our lane what about the iwm anything different to discuss in the iwm not really it's the same routine it was down 30 cents today 33 cents in this case as we're looking at it right now official close 149.32 it's in the same position as the spy like we talked about yesterday all the markets will pretty much trade together it's all the same market if we get the rally we talked about before in the spy you'll get a like move in the iwm what we do need to know from the bigger picture perspective is the iwm is weaker it's in a much weaker position than the s p 500 that's not good for the market that's not good for the bulls that's bad for the bulls good for the bears the iwm leads the market it's my favorite market leading indicator in either direction it's telling us through weakness that there's lower prices coming across the board as the market isn't falling precipitously some volatility gets sucked out of the market that's common normal garden variety market behavior you'll want to reload on the vix where do you reload on the vix will you begin to reload on the vix you begin the collection phase when the spy reaches its 50-day moving average 
That's where you, as they say, dip your toe in the water. If you have a big toe, that's up to you. Stopping down at the transportation department, what do we see here? What we see is rather obvious. If we're not going to be going in the southern direction, they're going to make a run for the breakdown candle high. That's just the way it works. You know that's the way it works. You've seen it a hundred times, a thousand times, depending on how long you've been here. They're either going to make a bear flag pattern and go lower or reach the top of the breakdown candle, which essentially is still a bear flag pattern. You can call it a bear wedge pattern, whatever you want to call it. Call it anything you want. If the 80-20 rule will prevail, the transports will be up around 10,300, give or take, in that neighborhood within a couple of days. If that doesn't happen, what's the other side? Well, there's a gap right down here, so they'll want to go fill that down here at 97 and change. About Silicon Valley, what's going on with the Qs? You'll notice the Qs are slightly ahead of the SPY. That's interesting. We closed above Monday's opening range high. That's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Can we do anything with that information? What that does is it gives us added ammunition that I might be right in terms of higher prices in the SPY. We'll see. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. Here's an interesting chart, the XLF. The XLF was getting taken out behind the woodshed, but somehow shook loose and ran around the other direction. Look where this gap is. The gap is 26.18. Today's low, we missed the gap. Today's low is 26.24. They turned around, took off like a rocket to the upside. What'd they do? They filled the gap left open from yesterday. Spiked through the 200 period moving average, turned around and went back in the other direction. That's a positive in the short term for the financials. Again, we're extended pretty far away from home base. So it's not to say that's a final low, but it looks like a low for now. The pundits, some of the people in the television show, they'll want to see something like that as a low. They're incented to see that as a low, and it may be a low for two, three, four days. But keep this in mind. Large swings in both directions, and when you have short covering phases, they happen hard and fast. So we already had one or two of those short covering phases. That doesn't mean they're over. If we wake up to a gap up in the morning, for example... That will be another bout of short covering. Buying begets buying. And you can certainly have an accelerated move to the upside a lot faster than most people believe. You turn around and you're 150 S&P handles off the bottom before you even know what hit you. We've seen it over and over and over again. Just for argument's sake, the low here in the S&P was 281.72 in the SPY. Up 100 handles in the SPY puts us where? Right around or slightly below the 50-period moving average. 150 handles puts us where? Above the 50-period moving average. Somewhere in between is somewhere in between, but you see how fast the market can stage or at least have the appearance of staging a recovery. They didn't do it yet. I'm just saying. By the way, while we're on the subject of the financials, I have to make mention of the fact that we saw another global coordinated effort of an interest rate easing policy, if you will. Three countries lowered interest rates overnight. I think it was India, New Zealand, and Thailand. 
The Fed here in the U.S. was cutting rates while the market was at an all-time high. Remember, it was just at an all-time high. We had this discussion. It was wrapped around conspiracy theories. Remember all that stuff. You have interest rates getting cut around the world. I'm telling you, there's something going on. They're panicked. I don't know what's going to actually happen. I don't know what the event will end up to be. Will it be another financial crisis? Will it be a bank failure? Will it be another Lehman Brothers? It'll probably be something different. We know history has a tendency to repeat itself. While it may not be a bank failure, something else is going on. The central banks around the world are panicked. And they're not panicked because the stock market was down a few percentage points. They were panicked while it was at all-time highs. Gold is on a one-way ticket on a breakout. Why is that? The central bankers are panicked. Getting back in our lane real quick, what about the SMH? Similar to the Qs, the SMH, which is a great proxy for the tech sector, closed above Monday's opening range high. I think that's a positive. This is all short-term stuff. We should get higher prices in the near term. That's the way I see the market as I sit here today. Crude oil was down a whole lot more, tried to stage a recovery to close above these lows here, but that will unlikely be able to last very long. Crude oil has a date with destiny at 47.50. Can't tell you exactly when it's going to get there, but it'll get there or lower. But 47.50, 47, in that general neighborhood, should find an assemblance of buying support down there. Gold's on a one-way ticket for breakout land. I don't cover gold every night simply because we covered it. It's breaking out. It's a long-term buy. Pullbacks are meant to be bought. The last pullback I was looking to buy was right around 1400 Now we're at 1513 I think that was last week. Not I think, that was last week. What is the near-term resistance? And I'm not suggesting gold's a short. I'm just saying, what is the near-term resistance? It's going to be up in the 1575 to 16 neighborhood. But that doesn't mean we're getting there tomorrow. But we will get there. I'm going to throw you a curveball real quick. We're going to look at Roku. Not because they obviously reported earnings and they're getting a spike higher in the aftermarket session up at about 110. But I wanted to look at something different. I think it was a good lesson. Look at this chart. It's a very difficult chart to analyze, but I want to pick it apart. I think it's worth the time. Has nothing to do with the fact that it's Roku. We're just looking at charts. I noticed this earlier. I wrote it down. I thought it was a good little lesson. What do we see as the first thing that jumps out at us when we bring up the chart? Well, here's what I see. So I see this channel. I see a number of things. I see this channel. I see a lot of bearish patterns here, but I also see some bullish patterns, right? So I see a lot of bearish patterns that played out. I see another one here. That's interesting. That looks like that's going to happen, right? So I can do that real quick. Some of you didn't follow that. That's okay. I'll get to the point in a second. What we have is inside of a bearish wedge pattern, right? So that's a bearish wedge that we've talked about for the most part two or three times already today. We talk about them every single day. Bear flag pattern, bearish wedge pattern. Who's going to split hairs? But net, net, look what happened. So A, what you have is this big breakdown candle. Then you have the market, or in this case Roku, running up to test the high of the breakdown candle. In the process, it makes its own breakup candle, 
and now it's staying inside the breakup candle. So that's bullish inside a bearish pattern. But what do we have? Remember, we had that channel. Is that bullish or bearish? What happens if we begin to break above the top side of the channel? That's bullish. Well, we can't tell everything from the 60-minute chart, so we need to move on and look at a different chart. So first, let's just go to the daily, and what do we see? Well, we can obviously see that we're not necessarily in terrible shape. They dipped below the 50-period moving average, which certainly can be a negative, but if they close back above it, and certainly if it stays where it is based on earnings 110, and if tomorrow Roku trades higher and continues going higher, this will have been just a pullback in an uptrend. This weekly chart is absolutely in an uptrend. There's technically nothing wrong with the weekly chart. But that's not the lesson. The lesson is how markets work. Now again, this is a snippet. There's a whole lot more of this in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. But check this out. Did price ever close below the low of that breakup candle? This is your 240-minute chart. You have to look around the horn. We're looking at a lot of different charts. The answer is no. Maybe it will. Maybe this thing will turn around. But what do you have right below? You have another breakup candle. That becomes the next area it would want to go test. Then you have the lows here. The market is like a set of stairs, one at a time. Sometimes the wood on the step is rotted. You put your foot through and you slide all the way down. We get that. But again, the 80-20 rule or more, 80% of the time or more than 80% of the time, this is the way the market works. Take it one step farther. What happened up here? What happened when price did close below the low of the breakup candle? What did we do? We put in a bear flag pattern and went where? To the next low of the next breakup candle. Hello? Bueller? This video is getting long in the tooth. I know I meant to cover a few more things. We're just running out of time. I'm running out of steam. I'm running out of voice. We're going to pull the ripcord here and cover the rest tomorrow. I know about the bond market, that whole story. I promise to cover Bitcoin and a few other things. We'll get to it, I promise. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.